name's Sean and I'm one of the team here. And it's a privilege this morning to be wrapping up um, our series on Changed. Um, today I'm going to be talking about Changed by Hope. But let's give, you some, give me some of your answers as to what you would uh, like to be uh, as a child when you grew up. An astronaut. Oh, interesting. Daniel? A spaceman. A spaceman. Oh, get together. Start a space program. Pardon? Rugby. Witness. A rugby player. Witness. That went down well. <laughs> what was that over here? Rugby player for St. Helens. Bit of rivalry. <laughs> Anybody else? Farmer. Cool. One more. What? A what? The doctor. Oh. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I wanted to be one of three things when I grew up. I either wanted to be a professional footballer, and I nearly went for a trial at Stoke City, but my mate who was taking me had an argument with his dad, and his dad refused to take us, so that ended my footballing career. And also the money that went with it. Um, the second thing I wanted to become, if I couldn't become a professional football player, I wanted to become a PE teacher. Because everybody knows a PE teacher is the easiest job uh, in the teaching profession. No PE teachers in? Good, I got away with that one. Oh, one. Ah, oh dear. Um, but no, I, I wanted to do that because I love sports so much, as you can tell from my physique. Um, some people laugh too loudly then. Um, then the third thing is, at the, at the age of uh, 11, 12, um, first year of high school, uh, so year seven, I was involved in the drama side of things. And the th other thing that I really wanted to become was an actor. Yeah. And I really, looking back, I know that God had a different plan for my life. So but taking that out, and I don't want to take that out because he's given me so much throughout my life. I really wished I'd pursued the acting because I loved doing it. I really enjoyed the process of acting. And I think I could have possibly been, the, not the next James Bond, but definitely the next Jason Statham, especially with this new haircut. Um, anyway, let's wrap up the series and get on. I'm, I'm stopping dreaming now and get on with this. So today I'm going to be talking about um, Changed by Hope. However, the series that we've been working in and talking through uh, throughout this one is from Romans and it's uh, Romans 2, 12, 12, verse 2, and it says this. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So let's talk about what is hope. Okay, so the dictionary definition of what is hope, and I apologise because I've really messed up the slides at the back. Oh, we are there, that, that's good. Um, says this. Um, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. So hope is expecting and desiring for something to happen. So lots of people nowadays keep throwing out these lines like, oh, I'm just giving out positive vibes into creation. And oh, I'm just throwing out good thoughts in the hope that 
some goodness will come back to me and that my life will pan out. That stuff annoys me, to be honest with you. But that's just my personal thing. I believe in positive thoughts, but I believe in positive thoughts about a, a God that sustains lives. So the dictionary definition says this. So this is kind of like the biblical stance on what hope is. It says this. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength in his faithfulness. So as a Christian, my hope isn't based on my positive thoughts being shared out, but it's in that God is faithful to fulfill his promises, not only in my life, but in other people's lives and for this world. That's where my hope is found. That's where Christians' hope is found, that God is faithful and he will complete what he has said he will do. So how does that differ from other people's hope? How can we have hope that is eternal, that will last forever, that is never failing? Have you ever had your hope crushed? Who's ever had their hope crushed? I have, and I'm going to share it with you now. It was about 18, 19 years ago. And basically what it was, is I was going away with my work at that time for a few days and one of the biggest programmes on TV was Ground Force. And somewhere in my mind, I had come up with this hope that Catherine, my wife, had organised Ground Force to come in and sort out our back garden. She'd not said anything. She'd not even hinted that that was even a possibility. But in my mind... I hoped that when I returned back after four days in Scotland at a conference, that my garden would be completely transformed by um, Alan Titchmarsh, Charlie Dumick, and my favourite, Tommy Walsh, the builder, um, who could turn anything out of nothing. And I just had this hope that this was going to happen. So we, we flew to um, Scotland. So as I landed um, over at East Midlands Airport... In my heart and in my head, I had this hope that my garden was going to be completely transformed. It wasn't a bad garden, but it could have been better. So driving over from Nottingham, we were driving over, me and, me and a work colleague, and I'm like so excited that, that I'm going to get there and there's going to be TV cameras and Alan Titchmarsh is going to be hiding and this, that and the other. And like Kath and the kids will come out and say hi and all this. And I'm, I'm getting there and I'm pulling onto the drive and I'm opening the door and I'm like, where's Alan? Where are the cameras? Where's me? I'm like, my garden's not changed. And I had my hope completely crushed. I've got over it. It was a small thing, really. We did eventually pay to get the garden done. But, you know, that was just one occasion where I just really dreamt up in my own mind that this transformation was going to happen whilst I was away. And it didn't. And it made me feel very sad for about three seconds. And then it was like, ah, well, it was never going to happen anyway. But today, I want to look at um, hope and three aspects of hope. I want to look about as hope for our yesterdays, for our todays, and for our tomorrows. And I want to look how hope can change 
all of those aspects within our lives. So firstly, I want to talk about our hope for yesterday. Okay. I've come across so many people in my life who've lost their hope. Has anybody else come across people like that? They just seem to walk around life as if nothing is going right for them and they don't see a future. In fact, some people walk around fearing to have hope because they've been let down so many times. Uh, we're from originally from Stoke-on-Trent and uh, the major industry in Stoke-on-Trent was the pottery industry and it employed a vast amount of people, hundreds of thousands of people in its prime down in Stoke-on-Trent. And uh, I used to meet generations, three generations, four generations living under one roof of unemployment because the pottery industry had uh, diminished so much over the last 20 to 30 years. And families, entire families and generations were just walking around without any hope because they didn't see uh, a future because all they could see was unemployment and that their lives wouldn't lead to anything. You know, they couldn't believe for a, a good today or an even better tomorrow. Um, whether that's also comments that have been made about you. Thinking back to my high school, my uh, computer science teacher at the time, who used to be a geography teacher, um, and then over summer we had a computer room built and he became our computer science teacher. And there was a guy in my year that knew more about computers than he did because he didn't have a clue basically. But he said to me, um, he wrote in my end of year book, um, congratulations on your F. Um, hope you do something useful with your life. And that to me at that time, at the age of 16, just said that is somebody putting negative things into my life, which I didn't need and didn't want. But comments like that throughout your life have a negative impact. Sometimes our own negative thoughts have an impact on our lives and rob us of any hope of our todays or of our futures. Whether it's something that you've done in your past, we all live with regrets of mistakes that we've made. Sometimes it's because we've done things ourselves or sometimes it's because other people have done things to us and we carry these things around us. And these things have an impact on our hope for our todays and for our tomorrows. But there's something good today to tell you. You can have your past dealt with. My past has been dealt with. In Romans, uh, in Romans 5, verses 6 to 8, it says this. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. You see, we were powerless. Our past had total control over us. The Bible says that whilst we were still uh, sinners, that word sin seems to have a, uh, a connotation of constantly doing bad things, or you are a murderer, or you are this, or you are that. The reality of sin is this. It's living your life without God involved 
boiling it down to its simplest. Living your life without God being involved. But whilst we were powerless, whilst we were ungodly, God responded by sending Jesus. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were still lost, whilst we were powerless, Christ died for you and for me. Our past is dealt with. Everything that you have faced in your past, everything that you have done in your past, doesn't have to define you because you can start anew today. Ephesians 2 says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Our hope for our yesterdays is not based on having the right upbringing, having the right education. It's not placed on a label or a postcode that you were brought up in or an income bracket that you had as growing up as that your parents were able to give you all of the things that you needed. Our hope in yesterday lies in the fact that you can be forgiven. You can move forward and forget about all those negative things that have gone on in your life. We can have a hope that changes our past. We can get rid of those labels that you had when you were a child. Sometimes nicknames can stay with you. Long past childhood. I had so many nicknames growing up as a child and none of them were good. But God gives me a label that says this. He has called me by name. Isaiah 43, do not fear, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Today, God knows your name. God knows my name. And not only does he know your name, but he either wants to call you child or already does call you child. And that's for you to enter into. As we were praying, and we pray and just talk about what's happening in the meeting before the meeting starts. And um, one, a little girl was running around and she was covering up her hands, her eyes with her hands. And uh, sometimes God can speak to you through his Holy Spirit in the most lovely ways. And whilst we were praying, I just saw this little girl running around. And I just felt that God wanted to say to um, people this morning, firstly, that God isn't hiding from you. He's there. You may not be able to see him, but he's not hiding from you. And the second thing that I wanted, uh, I felt that God wanted to say to people uh, in the prayer meeting was this, that you don't have to hide from God. The shame that you carry, the burdens that you have, the thoughts that you process on a daily basis, you don't have to hide them from God because God already knows them. And yet he still wants to call you child, son, daughter. He still wants to say you are mine. Irrespective of what your past says about you, it doesn't have to define what your future, what your today is 
or your tomorrow is. God loves you enough to act. And he loves us enough to give us a new tomorrow. Now, I want to talk about hope for tomorrow because um, our hope for tomorrow should fuel our hope for today. So I want to do it the other way around. Um, So, how can we have a hope for tomorrow? Have you ever noticed sometimes our future can feel so fragile? Sometimes our future is wrapped up in our job and the financial uh, finances that that can bring in. Sometimes our future can be wrapped up in our family. Sometimes our future can be wrapped up in our education. Um, Sometimes our future can be wrapped up in our friends or our family, even our church. When I used to work for Next back in Stoke uh, many, many, many years ago, the National Lottery first came out and all of my work colleagues um, said, let's start a syndicate. And they came to me and said, oh, come on, Sean, uh, a couple of quid each week, and perhaps we'll win millions of pounds. And, and my mum used to do this, and if you do it, then that's your choice. This is just something that I choose not to do. Um, and they were saying to me, come on, we, we, we could win millions of pounds, and we could pack this job in. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And they were like, why? Why don't you want to do it? I said, because I don't need to hope for millions of pounds, for my life to be all that God wanted it to be. I don't need to sit down on a Saturday night with a piece of paper in my hand to see six numbers come up on a piece of paper for me to have hope for my life. Because my life is far more secure than six numbers on a piece of paper in expectation that I might win a few million pounds. The issue being based of our future and our hope being based on these things is that they are all temporary. They all wither and they all fade. Uh, 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. All these things are perishable. Relationships can break down. Jobs can be lost. Redundancies can come. Friends can fall out. Your education perhaps doesn't pan out quite as you had hoped. Your career isn't progressing quite as quickly as you would want to. They are all imperishable and they do not give us hope for our tomorrow. However, there is something which is imperishable that will never fade, which will always be ready and secure for us. And that is the hope that we can find in Jesus when we come to faith with him. Our foundation of our hope should be on a God whose love never fails, whose forgiveness is never ending, who says to us, you are forgiven and forgiven for good. It is 
based on the pure and spotless life that Jesus led so that when he was given up as a ransom for us, he paid the price for the things I've done wrong and for the things that you've done wrong so that we can come to faith and a knowledge of a God that loves us enough to give us a future. Jesus is the living hope. We're going to be singing that in a few minutes. Jesus is our living hope because Jesus didn't die and stay in the grave. But he was raised to life because death couldn't hold him because he paid the penalty that we deserved for us. All those thousands of years ago, the price he paid gives us hope for our tomorrows that one day we will be in heaven celebrating with the angels and all of the people that all come to know who Jesus is. And all of this has been guarded in heaven by a God whose love never fails. Corrie Ten Boom says this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know what's coming in a week's time. But we can get to know a God who does. We can get to know a God that knows the beginning to the end. The good, the bad and the ugly. And still says, your future is secured. Not because of what you've done, but because of what my son did for you. And every time you let me down, I look at him and see that it's been paid. Are you lacking hope for your tomorrow? Maybe your tomorrow is a scary place. Maybe you don't know what's going to be happening over these next few days, weeks, or years. Maybe that's because you don't know the God who has your tomorrow covered. Having confidence in our future can give us hope for our today as well. Last year we did a series uh, about emotions and I spoke about joy. And one of the things that I shared was some significant things that happened in my life and my family's life over uh, 2022, um, which I felt was trying to steal joy away from my life. And um, I'll be totally honest with you, this year's been a mixed bag too. Uh, my, my father passed away um, on the same day that we had my father's funeral, my daughter gave birth to a first grandchild, which was a whole bag of emotions for me. Uh, really weird. That was nine weeks premature. Uh, they were in and out of hospital throughout all the pregnancy. And it's just been, let's just say, be honest, a mixed bag. Um, so this year hasn't been that much better. But generally, I see myself as quite an optimistic guy. Um, but over the last few, last two years really, I felt that my optimistic level has kind of dipped slightly. Um, and I'm trying to do something about that because I don't like it. I just wonder if you could humour me just for a moment. Um, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and then I'm going to ask you a question. The question is going to be, and I'm going to tell you beforehand, before you close your eyes. Um, who is facing something significant within their lives at this moment in time. So that's the question I'm going to ask. So I'm going to ask you to do that in a moment. But then, what I'm also going to ask is, once you've put your hands up, um, 
I'm going to ask people if they are happy for other people to know that they're facing something significant. You don't have to tell. It's not a conversation to start with the next person sitting next to you. But I'm just going to ask you to open your eyes. If you don't want people to see it, then I'm going to ask you to put your hands down before they open their eyes. Because I've got a funny feeling. So often we come to church on a Sunday morning. Oh, I'm great. I'm fantastic. Everything's brilliant. When in reality, we're walking in like I have got so many issues going on in my life and it all feels too much. And I think there is a sense that today people have walked in like that, but are just kind of going, yeah, everything's fine. But inside, feel like they're crumbling. So uh, everybody close their eyes. Okay, if you are facing something significant within your life at this moment in time, I'd just like you to raise your hands. Okay, quite a number of people. Right, okay. If you don't want others to see that, then just pop your hand down. That's fine. Okay. Now, everybody else, open your eyes and just have a look around. See how many people have got their hands up. Okay, there were about 50 people with their hands up initially. So that's 50 people. That's not quite half of the people in this room. You can put your hands down now, sorry. Um, our today is defined by the experiences that we're going through. That's our feelings, our emotions are being wrapped up in the things that we face on a daily basis. But the fact that our future is secure if we know Jesus, that gives us strength for what we are facing today. Okay. Time Magazine posted an article all about um, kind of Building emotional resilience. That's how you deal with moments of stress within your life. Okay. And these are the things. Um, one is be optimistic. Having a good balance of positive outlook and a realistic view of the world. Another one is face your fields. fears. Face your fields. Turn around and face your fields. Um, another one is uh, have a moral compass. Practice spirituality physical fitness, get social support, um, have role models who are resilient, uh, keep your brain strong, so lifelong learners, one's cognitive flexibility, there you go, which is basically dealing with problems in different ways, so having more than one coping mechanism. Uh, they also say that humour is a good way to deal with stress. Um, and uh, lastly, Find meaning in what you do. So many of those things that researchers, have, and they've spent quite significant time on this, so many of these 10 things are actually wrapped up in the Christian lifestyle. So one is have a good moral compass. As a Christian, we try to live our lives to please God. You don't get more of a good moral compass than that. Practice spirituality. Well, as a church, if we're not doing that, then we've lost the plot. Um, get social support. What is this? If not social support. Why do we do connect groups? To enable good social support. Keep your brain strong. We encourage you to read books. We encourage you to read the Bible. We encourage that we continue to learn more and more about God. 
find meaning in what you do. Is there anything more meaningful than showing the love of God to other people? They fit in. So what? But we do go through bad things. Being a Christian doesn't give us or guarantee us a good life, an easy life. James, 12, James 1 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance is something that we need to build into our lives. We are not guaranteed an easy life, but we are guaranteed help as we go through life. Psalm 48, 1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. He is with you every step of the way. When we face trials, when we face difficulties... When we face those things that try and remove our hope, God is ever present there with us. Uh, there's a guy who um, was an author and radio presenter, also a missionary, a guy called John C. Broger. And it, he says this, the hope that God has provided for you is not merely a wish. Neither is it dependent on other people, possessions, or circumstances for its validity. Instead, biblical hope is an application of your faith that supplies a confident expectation in God's fulfillment of his promises. Coupled with faith and love, hope is part of the abiding characteristics in, believe, in a believer's life. Hope isn't based on putting good thoughts out there. As Christians, our hope is based on a God that has dealt with our yesterday. That is with us ever presently in our todays. And has secured our tomorrows. Can the band come up please? So are you fearful of your past? What's happened to you or what you have done? Do you fear that at some point those things will come back and haunt you? Well, the Bible says that Christ died for you just at the right time to deal with that. It can't be changed, but it doesn't have to affect your future. Are you stuck in your present, facing things that you feel or insurmountable that haven't got an answer well today I'm here to tell you that it does have an answer and it does have a hope and that hope's name is Jesus because he came to this world to give you a hope and a future and where is your future do you have hope in things that will fade or do you have hope in an eternal God that loves you and cares for you and has a hope for you hope has a name and it's Jesus 
And Jesus has your future. Because Jesus dealt with your past. 1 Timothy 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Today you can get to know that hope. That hope that came into my life 36 years ago. That spoke to a young man whose teachers had written him off who came from the streets of Stoke-on-Trent who had parents that loved him but didn't really realise that they did has no thoughts or memories of ever being hugged by my father that didn't feel like I had a hope that didn't feel like I had a future I was the first one to go to college out of my, four, out of my uh, brothers and sisters. I've got two brothers and one sister. I was the only one to go to college because that's not what we did. We finished school and went and got a job. But God, at the age of 15, spoke hope into my past to say, Sean, you are forgiven. And I did some bad stuff. He spoke into my future to say, Sean, you are safe. Your future is with me. And he spoke into my today to say this, I am with you. I am for you. Walk with me in a life that's been changed by hope because my security my past, present, and future has found that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. And he is willing to walk with me through my ups and downs, through my good times and my bad times, to change a hopeless life into a hopeful and hope-filled life. Jesus changed me. Jesus gave me hope. He can do the same for you for your yesterdays, for your todays, and for your tomorrow.